Sometimes I worry when preaching on things like wisdom in the Bible that the congregation thinks that I have everything sorted, that I'm wise myself. Let me tell you, that is not always the case. One of the biggest struggles in my life is with anxiety. I'm not going to share too much, but at times anxiety absolutely cripples me. There are times when the thought of leaving the safety of Isla, even for something good, almost stops me from going. There are times where I lie in bed awake for hours worrying about a conversation I'd had that day or about what's coming the next. There are times when I have so much anxiety I literally cannot sit still and it drives Emily nuts. My anxiety is definitely something that God and I are working on at the moment. And in this daily battle with anxiety, there are three things that I desperately try to remember. Number one, God is big. Really big. The Bible says that God holds all the water of the oceans in the hollow of his hand. The weight of the earth is like a few particles of dust on his scales. The known universe might stretch for 30 billion light years, but God measures it in the width of his hand and knows every star by name. Our God is really, really big. And the things that I'm anxious about are dwarfed by comparison. It says in 1 Peter 5, Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that leads me neatly to the second thing I try to remember. This very big God invites me to place my worries onto him. A wise person once held out a glass of water in front of a group of people who struggled with anxiety. How heavy does something have to be to be too heavy, she asked. For example, how heavy is this glass of water? And the group guessed, 200 grams, 400 grams, 500 grams. She replied, the absolute weight doesn't matter. It depends on how long you hold it for. If you hold it for a minute, it's no problem. If you hold it for an hour, you'll have an ache in your arm. If you hold it for a day, your arm will be numb and paralysed. In each case, the weight of the glass hasn't changed, but the longer you hold it, the heavier it becomes. It's so important that we get rid of our burdens, that we lay them down rather than carrying them with us all the time. And Jesus said to us, didn't he, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I try to remember, first of all, that God is very big. And second, I try to remember that this very big God loves me and invites me to cast my anxieties onto him, to, to let them go through prayer and allow him to deal with what I'm worried about. But as I said, despite firmly believing these things, anxiety is still something I struggle with. So I'm always looking for more and more resources from my faith to help me. 
And recently I came across a third important lesson in the Bible, a lesson that Proverbs teaches over and over again. And the lesson is this. If we fear God, we have nothing else to fear. And what I mean by that is if we honour God and revere God enough to put his guidance for our lives into practice, we will end up living the best lives that we are capable of. And this is how wisdom works. If we hold God in such awe that we try to do what he says, he will see it that our lives succeed. God will lead us into the best course of action. If we know we're doing his will, we need not fear his judgment or carry guilt or shame. If we keep walking his path, no matter what hurdles we come across, we know we will reach glory in the end. So this is what I'm trying to remind myself at the moment. God is very big. He invites me to cast my cares onto him. And if I just focus on doing what I know God wants for my life, far fewer anxieties will arise in the first place. I hope that something there from my struggles may have helped you. Now, I started in that way this evening because I want us to notice that the very first thing our passage today teaches us is that God's wisdom brings freedom from anxiety. Those of you who've been following this series will remember that Proverbs 1 to 9 is made up of 10 talks from two parents to their son. This young man has come of age, he's about to walk out into the big wide world. Yet before he goes, the mother and father are trying to give him the best advice that they can. All the things that they've learned from the experience of their lives. And our passage today is the fourth of those talks. And it begins with the parents telling their son that if he really tries to follow God's instructions, he will sleep soundly at night. Let's listen again to the first few verses. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. And then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. I have to say, I love those verses. They speak so directly into my life. And I'm sure there are others in this room that feel the same. Here is that teaching in a nutshell. God's wisdom leads to life. God wants us to have good lives and knows how best to get them. If we follow him, life works well. God's wisdom leads to safety. If we follow God's instructions, we'll be quicker to discern those wrong paths in life and quicker to discern those individuals who are trying to tempt us onto them. If we follow God's instruction, we'll stay on the safe and narrow. And God's wisdom leads to peace. 
Moment by moment, God is standing guard over our lives. If we stay close to him, we need not fear. And there'll be nothing to feel ashamed of. In other words, anxiety is cast away and we're released to sleep sweetly at night. This is the great advice passed on from these experienced parents to their child. As you go out into the world, keep walking with God. Pay heed to his advice. Take everything to him in prayer. And then you'll have nothing to fear. After all, nothing is lethal for a child of God. At the end of our journey through this age is life eternal. Truly God's wisdom brings freedom from anxiety. We just need to learn it and believe it and do it. Now our reading could have finished there. We've already learned much to take away and maybe you've heard what you need to hear tonight and you need to keep thinking about. But what I find really interesting is this is not where the reading finishes. In fact, this promise of peace and this release of worry is only the introduction. What Proverbs goes on to say is this. As we come to know the kindness and the generosity of God towards us, it should lead us to be kind and generous to others. The security and the protection that we've just thought of, which allows us to sleep sweetly, and which we know comes solely from the Lord, puts us under an obligation to share that peace with the disadvantage in our neighbourhood. As we find our anxieties lifted, we're to go out into our community and help them to know peace as well. God grants us peace and we're to pass it on. And what comes next in verses 27 to 31 are five instructions which if we follow them would mean that we're not causing unnecessary anxiety for our neighbours. Now just before we look at those five instructions, some of you here this evening were in our service last week and you heard the first half of this chapter. Do you remember what it's about? The first half of Proverbs chapter 3 is all about putting God first in our lives. And last week we were given five instructions on how to love God with all our hearts. Do you remember this? Love God, trust God, fear God, honour God, heed God when he corrects us. Five instructions on how to love God. Let me tell you, it's no coincidence that the second half of this chapter mirrors those five instructions with five more instructions. We are to love God, and that is to be demonstrated in the way we love our neighbour. The two go together. So let's look at the five instructions we find here. You will notice as we follow them, they will release our neighbours to live free from anxiety as well as us. Instruction number one, verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Quite simply, we are to give to our neighbours when it's in the power to do so. 
If we see our neighbour in need or without something that we have access to, we should share it with them. Everything that we have as Christians is a blessing from God. Nothing that we have really belongs to us. God blessed us with it so we could bless others to share it out. Did you see that couple on the news this week who won the Euro Millions Lottery? They now have £184 million in their bank account. Now, I'm not a fan of the lottery, but I actually thought this couple did something quite wise. They went public with their win because they wanted it to be easier to give that money away to the people around them. And that's what this verse is saying. Being in need causes stress. It causes anxiety. Being poor, being hungry, causes us to have sleepless nights. If we see someone in need and can relieve their suffering, we should. And we'll be passing on a little bit of the peace that God has brought to our hearts. Instruction number two, verse 28. Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Have you heard the old English proverb, whoever gives quickly gives twice? Have you heard that proverb? It's true. Sometimes in life we will come up short. We will need a helping hand from someone we trust. We may need to loan a resource off of them. Occasionally we may even need to loan a little bit of money. This instruction tells us not to withhold the payment of those loans. We are to be prompt and we are to be honest. Holding on to money that is not rightfully ours may add a little bit of extra interest in our bank account, but at the same time, it will be causing our neighbour anxiety. Especially if they come into a position where they actually need it for themselves now. So our love of neighbour then should lead us to return loans as quickly as possible so that they can have peace about them. Instruction number three, verse 29. Do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. This should go without saying, right? We shouldn't scheme against our neighbours. But did you notice again the context? Our neighbours live trustfully near us. They seek to live with a sense of security, just like we all do. We must not be the ones who break the security and the peace of our neighbours. We should be extending that peace and security. We began this sermon by thinking about how God wants to remove the anxiety from our lives and replace it with peace. We need to live within that peace and pass it on to others. After all, the more secure that our neighbours feel around us, the more secure we'll feel around them. And of course, also, it's a very good witness to our faith. Instruction number four continues the same theme. Verse 30. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. No one likes to be accused of something unfairly. Few things cause that level of upset and turmoil in our lives of being accused of something we know we didn't do. 
There are not many other things that break relationships down quicker than unfair accusations. If you want an example, look at the Wagatha Christie trial that's taking place at the moment. (laughs) Two women in court because an accusation has been made. Neither of them are going to come out of this case with more compensation than what the case cost. But such is the pain of being unfairly accused. And in many ways, Proverbs goes further than this one verse. As we go on in this book, we will read many instructions on not starting quarrels, not picking fights of any kind. But the principle comes back to what we're thinking about today. God has enabled us to live at peace. And if we love our neighbours like God asks us to, we will do our best to allow them to live at peace as well. And this brings us to the fifth and final instruction, verse 31. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. It is simply impossible to bring peace through violence. It is impossible to show love to your community by throwing yourself with a gang of people who seek to do harm. To behave like this is counter to everything God wants to do in our lives and in his world. Violence damages us just as it does others. It is simple wisdom to cut it out of our lives. So I hope we've now got the theme of this passage. God grants us his wisdom because he wants to bring life and safety and peace to his people. He wants to free us from our anxiety so that we sleep soundly in the knowledge of his love. But as we come to know that peace for ourselves, we're to pass it on to those that we live amongst. We are to do all that we can to reduce the anxiety of our neighbours because this forms a powerful witness to our God. God wants us to love him and to show that by loving our neighbours. And he's given us five simple ways to do it. Give what we can Pay loans quickly, don't plot, don't start quarrels, and reject all forms of violence. And of course, if you see someone who is behaving according to these instructions, it's very strong evidence that they're growing in faith. They're growing in maturity. They're growing more and more to be like their God. But of course, the final thing to say is this. None of this character growth happens automatically. We can't just read these instructions in church and then leave and forget them. We must commit to actually putting them into practice. We have to make the conscious choice to be good to our neighbour. As the wise mother and father talk to their son in Proverbs 3, they know this. So they finish their instructions in a very deliberate way. Verses 32 to 35. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favour to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honour, but fools get only shame. As we go from this place in a few moments' time, every single one of us face a choice. We'll either leave this place and continue to act perversely, 
wickedly, mockingly, foolishly, or we will leave this place and start acting wisely. We will either leave this place and ignore God and harm our neighbours in the process, or we will leave this place to love God and love our neighbours with all that we have. But wonderfully, this choice comes with an incentive. Did you hear it? If we put God's guidance into practice, God promises us further intimacy with himself. He promises us blessing and favour. He promises us honour. The world world will always tempt us to put ourselves first, to put ourselves above others. But if we seek to love others like God has loved us, if we seek to bring peace to others like God has brought peace to us, (coughs) one day we will stand before the Lord and we will hear him say, well done. Of course, as Christians, we know that Jesus taught the same. When he was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, love God and do that by loving your neighbours as yourself. This is the wisdom of the ages and we would do well to follow it. And if we do, we ourselves and the wider world will see a reduction in anxiety as a result.